1: Welcome in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. A podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. Who has the best bromance on the team? What do you mean bromance? The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by as always, by SeatGeek, I am Joe Cardosi, joined by my friend and yours, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. And uh, we're switching things up once again on this Wednesday. We're uh, we're doing things a little differently. Once again, we are rebels, and that's why, again, no guest. You know what? And also, Gus stinks. Don't want to talk to him. It's stinky.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, initial tentative plan, was to have Mr. Gus Cattengill on, but... um. Like you said, we're changing things up a little bit. I I feel like people probably have heard enough of you and I talking back and forth. So um, talk to Billy Hernan Gomez, talk to Trey Murphy. Um, those two specifically about the game that Jonas Valanciunas had with 37 points. And it was actually
1: yeah. a
2: historical game statistically, which is something that I get into with both of them. And also got to speak with Teresa Weatherspoon as well. And we'll uh, introduce that later on in the show. But, I mean, it was, a, it was a loss and it was, you know, obviously four in a row now for the Pelicans. But, I mean, it was cool to see Jonas have the game that he did I feel like the players are always happy for him when he has a night like that because, you know, we've seen that his minutes are down a little bit this year. It's not easy to accept sometimes that you know he's pretty deep into his NBA career that you know your role is a little bit less as far as offensively maybe and and minutes yeah. wise. W- the way the NBA is going with you know the smaller lineups, sometimes those seven foot traditional centers are going to have to play a little bit less because you're going to rely on you know Larry Nance type. Versatile, right. athletic bigs. A lot it's of just, small
1: ball being played. Right,
2: it's just the way the game is going, and it's unfortunate. But I, there's been a couple times this season that after Jonas has had a big game, you know, a couple you'll hear a couple guys in the locker room say, "Man, we're we're happy to see him play like that. The guy works so hard." Um, Yeah, he's very well-liked. Yeah, he's very well-liked, exactly. And um, so I think it was that kind of night. I mean, it was disappointing that they lost the game, but to see him go off the way that he did and make threes like that, and obviously it adds another element to the offense that other teams have to be concerned about. We're not expecting him to make four or five threes every night, but every so often he can have a game like that, and it makes – Teams think twice about just leaving mm-hmm. him open at the three-point arc like that.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that's been a, one of our problems lately is, you know, we we haven't had any floor spacing. No one's been making shots, right? Mm-hmm. and that's been a big reason why. You know, Zion struggled a little bit in, in uh, that game. He was frustrated by uh, our old pal, Mr. Drew Holiday. But it, it's just nice to to see that element of, of Jonas's game back. And, and again, like you were speaking to, Jonas is such a, a well-liked guy. Uh, in that locker room to see him coming on. See CJ actually have a good game too, was yeah. nice to see. Um, mm-hmm. s- some of our shooters, it seems like they're they're waking up a little bit, and that's such an important part of, of the Pelicans' offense, especially with, with BI out. Uh, you need these guys to be on. And, uh, you know, even in a loss, it, it was nice to see that element of the Pelicans' game sort of return.
2: Yeah, and one thing I talked about with Billy Hernan Gomez was just, you know, the fact that, he and Jonas are really good friends. People, guys on the team, say that they might be the tightest buddies on the squad. Other that, than that's so
1: funny to me because Billy's the guy that never stops smiling, and Jonas is the man who never smiles.
2: <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I, they're like a buddy I, cop movie. I think something. Jonas is Jonas is his humor is very underrated. He's got a very sarcastic, kind of wry way of approaching his his joking with people. Yeah, not a lot of Lithuanian comics and- in the uh, clubs that people are aware <laughs> of. I guess I think. Part of it too with him is that he catches people off guard. Like sometimes you don't know whether he's joking or not. And I think that's, but part of it is his personality. He's very intimidating. Like before you get to know him, like you just look at the guy. I mean, he's a big dude, obviously. Uh, Yeah, I
1: was going to say, like a lot of that is just him, him just being seven feet
2: and having a
1: big beard
2: and scowling and
1: looking huge.
2: He kind of looks like a Bond villain. Like he could be cast in one of those movies and play that role really well. But after you talk to him, you realize that he's, he's a really nice guy and he's funny. And so, uh, but I mean, they, they have it's a good problem to have with the Pelicans where they have Nance, Billy Hernan Gomez and Jonas, where they have three guys that all can play a lot of minutes and deserve to play. But obviously there's only 48 minutes in a game. So they have to kind of split that up. But, but it is, it is cool to hear, um, Billy talk about how he and Jonas are such good friends. And I, I think, for some of the international players, they, they lean on each other because, you know, obviously it would be like you and I, if they plopped us somewhere in Europe, we'd probably have to help each other figure out like, what the heck do we do in Lithuania? How do
1: you shoot a basketball?
2: (laughs) Well, not the basketball part, but help me, but the, uh, just the, the culture part and the off the court part. (laughs) So, um, they definitely, you know, have a lot of meals together and, and hang a lot. So that's cool to hear.
1: Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was fun to hear actually Jim on the street, a roving Jim, in intrepid the reporter. Room. Yes, he had the yeah the Pelicans podcast, like the newsy hat on <laughs> with like you know reporting. here. he had like the, the ticket in the in the hat, like the old uh, '50s guy, which was unnecessary, but I appreciated uh, what you brought to the to the role there. Uh, I guess we should talk about the Pell's Bucks game since we. It's going to be uh, dishonest if we go. <laughs> there was a game. What? Um, you know, it happened. Uh, Giannis went off. He had uh, he had forty two points. He had a bunch of points. Drew Holiday uh, frustrated Z. Obviously, he had eighteen points of his own. The worst of which was that uh, that three with like a minute and change left in the yeah, game. that was that I killer. Feel, I feel like that was really the the twisting of the knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if there already was a dagger. Brooke Lopez, too. Brooke Lopez was good. Uh, Four threes in that game. He had 30 points, Mm -hmm. which didn't seem like it. But at the end of the game, it's like, wow. It was quiet. 30 points. Yeah, Yeah,
2: I mean, four players total had 30-plus in that game, which you don't see very often. Between Jonas, 37, and CJ had 30, 30 or 31, I forget. Um, so yeah, yeah, 31, but Lope, you're right. Lopez, uh, Lopez hurt a lot. I mean, both ends of the floor. He was really good. Yeah. I guess you, you got to consider like, he's always going to be in the paint and
1: it looks like his, uh, his three point shots here. It was a cool moment actually seeing, uh, Joe Ingalls and Dyson Daniels have a little talk at the end, the two <laughs> Aussies. So that was nice. Joe Ingalls, uh, of course, returning in that game, not a, not a huge factor, but I guess, uh, good to see him back. Yep. If you're a Milwaukee fan, um, yeah, that was a that was a bummer game. Uh womp womp. Our defense was not there. Uh it didn't seem like uh Jonas was great. Uh like you we spoke about thirty-seven points, eighteen rebounds, seven threes. He was seven of ten from deep. Problem is only one of those threes came in the second half, and that's really when we needed some shooting.
2: Yeah, I mean he, you figure after he had, I think it was twenty eight in the first half. He probably wasn't going no to get another twenty or so. that, yeah. But but yeah, I think it was a situation where they, it was tough to stop Giannis, and you know they went into that game saying we need to reemphasize defense, and that was something I wrote about both the morning of the game and you know kind of after the game, but it was. I mean, it's easier said than done when you're playing against a team like that and you're playing against Giannis. You can say before the game, let's keep him away from the basket. Let's keep him out of the paint. But then he starts driving at you. And there were a couple plays that I thought were close calls in terms of block charge that went against Herb. That didn't help either. Um, So he ends up with 42 points. And, um, you know, they're going to keep hammering at this as far as we got to get better defensively. They were... Great. The first couple months of the season on the defensive end, there's been some slippage lately that started with the road trip. Yeah, and a lot of different lineups and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been hard to kind of get that cohesion, but. But they need to do that, and that's something that, you know, beginning Thursday against San Antonio and then in the back to back, they're going to have to to go back to, uh, shutting teams down and doing a better job at that end of the floor.
1: Yeah. And, and look, I understand that, uh, Giannis is, he's just Giannis. There's a reason he's, uh, he's playing maybe the best basketball he's ever played. I think you were saying this, he's playing maybe the best basketball he's, he's ever played. His scoring
2: average is the highest it's been. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm.
1: a, a two-time MVP. So right. it's mm-hmm. just, uh, insane. And and it's, it's sort of like when you have a plan against Giannis, like, yes, we're going to build the Giannis wall. We are going to keep him away from the basket. That's more of like a wish than a plan. It's, right. It's like when mm-hmm. you're a fan of a sports team, you go, we're going to win this thing. You hope you do. Mm-hmm. You hope you can keep Giannis away from the basket. You don't know. Right. It's Giannis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a chance to, to make some hay coming up. You got some good games that are a little juicier. You got the Thunder coming up. You got the Spurs coming up who are in division. And, uh, you know, we're sitting second in the Southwest right now. Uh So you want to kind of beat up on the Spurs if you can. And, uh, you know, then we got Memphis going to be – Coming back around a little bit later, and I think that's gonna be a fun matchup because that's that's really a, I still feel like where the West lies. As as much as I respect the Nuggets, as much as I respect, you know, what the Kings are doing, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Suns are still the Suns. I, I really it's just it's the Grizzlies and us are, are who I feel like is gonna be duking it out uh, when it comes down to it. So just fun as as you watch our paths kind of coming to a to a head as we were
2: about to collide. Coming yeah. up. Yeah, I think people would definitely take Top two in the West status, even if the if it's Memphis one and the Pelicans two. But yeah. you're right. I mean, I think there is kind of a growing sentiment recently that Memphis might be the team to beat in the Western Conference, especially since they've been doing what they've done without Desmond Bain on the court for a while. So I mean the Pelicans don't have haven't had Brandon Ingram for a while too, so it's a similar situation, but um but yeah, I think Memphis is up there. I mean, Denver just beat the Grizzlies on Tuesday night. As well, and looked pretty impressive. They're another team to throw into the mix, but um, but yeah, I mean the, the Pelicans are right there. They're one game going into Wednesday night. They're one game behind both Denver and Memphis. So yeah. I mean, you, you reel off a couple wins, and even if they can get a couple wins here before Christmas. They're, they moved from fourth to third Tuesday night by virtue of Phoenix losing. So yeah, maybe right. you could move up another spot or two between now and just the weekend if you can get a couple of these wins.
1: What Jim is saying is that's the gospel truth. And I think a lot of people are getting we're getting spoiled early. It's the first Pelican season we've been this good, and a lot of people are already like, oh, yeah, we won seven, but we lost four. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's a long season? There's yeah. still a lot of hay to make. Right. There's still a lot of games to play. You, you can see how much it flip-flops in just a short span of time plenty of time to go. I think it's going to be a fun season. Before we get to your wonderful interviews, Jim, uh, I got to talk about it. Zion getting teed up for the no calls. That to me was one of the more interesting aspects of the game because that is the most legitimately angry I think I've ever seen Zion
2: (laughs) in my life. Yeah. That was scary, Zion. Yeah, it was. I mean, I wasn't surprised that he got a technical based on just watching the You're way reading he, his lips. And uh, I didn't, I actually didn't even see that part, but we, we'll leave that for a, a different show. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, he was, he was pretty upset and he was complaining about a call. And then I think another one happened and he was even more angry. And so, yeah, I, that I, I was, when they blew the whistle and called him for a tea, I was like, yep. That was going to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I figured it was coming, too, especially when they show the slow-motion replay. And, and you know, Zion's one of those guys where it seems like he's always aware the cameras are on him. You mm-hmm. know, he's he's very much like, oh, shucks. he's He's been coached up, you know. He's, yeah. he's had some handlers that taught him how to talk to the media and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the most I've ever seen him legitimately lose his composure, which speaks to how good Drew Holiday is. And because Drew Holiday is not nearly the size of Zion, let's be honest, but he's just country strong He's right just a strong dude and he was able to take it to Zion absorb a lot of Zion's blows and, and kind of hound him pester him uh and watching Zion stare at the back of a ref's head and just curse at him uh that that was the first time I'm ever like oh I I don't know if I want to talk to Zion right now for media <laughs> yeah. day like you were talking about Jonas media day was interesting because that was my first time actually in that chair uh getting to meet a lot of those players who were coming in and everyone was just nice and happy. Jonas was the first dude. I was like, man, he's a little scary. Didn't smile. He's like, I have five minutes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's make five minutes.
1: <laughs> and then uh we won't go over 459, yes, sir. Yes, let's rush, 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 rush. <laughs> and then uh and then Zion, you know, he was just happy and kind yep. of oh, I'm glad y'all have a heater in here. That's cool. Yeah. Just a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. And uh that was the first time, like, I think Zion's scarier to me than Jonas now. I don't yeah. I don't think I want to run into either of them right. in a dark alley. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was interesting. And uh, Coach Willie Green, I think, is almost at the end of his rope with some of these non-calls. Zion, you can tell, is just getting so frustrated with the way he's being officiated. And I hate to be such a homer and be like, our guy doesn't get the calls because every mm. fan base does that. Sure. But yeah, our guy doesn't get the calls. I mean, he mm-hmm. doesn't. It's, it's not his fault he's huge. Just officiate him fairly. That's it. Just
2: the, if, Giannis is a great example. The same way you officiate Giannis, officiates eye on that. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, the last couple games, it's been getting either the other team has one player that's taken more free throws than the Pelicans, or it's been close to that, which I think was in the case in the Milwaukee game where yeah. Giannis had 17 free throws and the Pelicans had only a little bit more than that in terms of attempts. And then the Phoenix game, Booker had more free throws than the Pelicans. But uh. I agree with you, though. We heard... To uh, not to b- drag the Suns into this again, but we heard during the playoffs drag them man. constantly complain about too many. The Pelicans are getting too many more free throw attempts than us, and I said several times, if you look at the stats, the Pelicans consistently average more free throws than the Suns, so they should be taking more just just based on what usually happens. Right. So um, the I think Nerve, Amani Williams, just I, oh just, yeah. I, so I, I, think, I forgot, but I'm sorry. I'm it's okay. I think uh, that's what you're going to hope to see is it flip back the other way. I, it, it's there's going to be stretches where even if you're the team that shoots the most free throws in the league, that the other team gets more attempts than you on a game-to-game basis. But you just don't want it to be a stretch of a week or two where it happens every game. Then you start to look around and be like, uh, we, are, right. we are in a situation where we really need to say something and do something about this yeah. t- discrepancy. But uh yeah, but you he, don't want coach to get thrown out but at a certain point like in a game like that it's almost like I don't, I don't know what else to do.
1: I don't know I don't know what, don't know yeah. what else do, do they have to do to get Zion some calls. I That's- also
2: think too that the Pelicans in terms of what they can control, I think that they're still adjusting and figuring out some of these defensive strategies where these teams are over I, I shouldn't say overemphasizing building a wall because it's working to some extent but just how but to Mostly because re- our shooters haven't been able to yeah, get shots, and just, too, though. Sometimes it's about making quicker decisions and making quicker attacks of the basket and of the paint. And I think as the Pelicans see that defense more often, they're going to figure out ways to make it so that Zion still gets to the basket a lot and still gets a lot of free throws. But I do think it's a relatively new thing that we saw the Grizzlies do it in the game the day after Thanksgiving. They did that and were pretty effective with it. And then Milwaukee did something very similar. So as they see it more, um, I think you'll see more effective results or just different counteractions that the Pelicans can do. But like you said, the three point shooting is a big element of that as well. Um, Other, you can say all day, you know, we're going to make other teams pay and make them change the way they defend us because we're going to make shots. You know, you might have a random night here or there where you burn us with threes, but we're going to stick with this strategy because more yeah. times than not, it's going to work. So. Yeah, it's worth
1: the gamble. Right, like, exactly. If you're not
2: consistently making them. So mm-hmm.
1: let's hope it, it, it. that that was a, a sign of things to come with Jonas catching on, uh, CJ catching on, and let's get to the roving man on the street, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer, talking to Billy Hernan Gomez, uh, talking to Trey Murphy, and talking to Teaspoon. Let's get to it.
2: I'm sure you guard him in practice and stuff like that i mean how unique is it to have the skill set that he has where he's able to get um 18 rebounds and also make seven threes in the same game
5: i mean jonas is a super um talented player um with a lot of experience which um when he sees the ball going like this you know it's practically unstoppable you know and we know jb can make a lot of size. He's a, monster on the board and dominate inside playing the post and make the right play over and over. So. You know, that's the, the Jonas that we want. That's the Jonas that I know since I'm a kid, and I'm watching him play. So I'm super happy for for his game. Um, obviously, you know the other guys wish uh, help him more, you know, to get the win. But uh, I'm proud of Jonas in that game like that. Like, it reminded me like last year against the Clippers. You know, so.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, we saw him do that where he had a half where he made five or six three pointers, and he had he was six for eight so yeah. to start the game from three. I mean, was it the kind of thing that you watched him at the way he started the game? You knew he was gonna have a big night.
5: Yeah, uh, he was really focused today. Uh, he was feeling really good and. Like I say, when he see a couple of shots going in a row, he get hot really quick. So we uh, keep finding him. Uh, he was keep making shots, you know, and in you know, a big night for JB. I'm happy for him. He deserved that. He be working a lot, so you know, he's a close performance. I'm happy for him.
2: Maybe we won't tell him this because we don't want him to get it too big of an ego. But he's actually the first player in NBA history to have 37 points, 18 rebounds, and seven threes in the same game. I mean, what's what's your reaction to hearing
5: that? I mean, Jaby. I mean. I mean Killing in the league for so long, you know, and he's one of the big guys, best, best centers in in the league. So I'm just so happy for him, you know, because he's a great guy, a great human person, which is more important. And he keep being humble. doesn't matter how he plays good or not. He keeps working and he keeps be being a good teammate for the team.
2: Last thing, you mentioned just kind of what kind of person, the kind of guy he is. It seems like everybody loves him in the locker room here. Um, I remember before the season asking a bunch of players – a bunch of players on the team were asked about, you know, who has the tightest friendship, and a lot of people said like Naji and Jose, but there was also people that said you and Jonas. I mean, what, 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 how would you describe this, the friendship that you guys have?
5: Uh, it's I think it's more than just a uh, friendship, you know. He really uh, take care of me. He really um, want want me to be better on and off the call. You know, he's a good friend to have. We've been going dinner, every road trip uh, here in New Orleans. I I used to go to his house a lot, you know, and. Hanging out with his family, his kids. And, I mean, we, we know each other for so many years already. And, you know, have, um, it's, 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 it's tough, you know, because we play in the same position, and, you know, and we fight for the minutes. But uh, that's part of the job, you know. And after basketball, you know, we're going to be friends. We're still being friends. I love Jonas, you know. He, we're going to hang out in, in summer, going to Lithuania and coming to Spain. He's just a great human being. Uh, happy to be around him. Um, he's making me better on the court, you know. I try to go against him every day. so... I'm just, you know, so happy to be uh, Javi's friend and, you know, and see him playing that way.
2: I know obviously that you guys did win this game, but I mean, is it the kind of thing where, I mean, you're you're just happy to see him have a night like this, kind of the same way he is for you when you're able to come in and, mm-hmm. yeah. and produce the chances that you.
5: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I want him to play good, you know, as like, as a friend and <laughs> as a teammate. And today's the example that uh, you know when we need other all all guys to step up. Javi's gonna be ready for that, and we need him to, you know, produce that way every, every single game. But yeah, he's a monster. You know? he, he can do that every, every single night when, when he got the ball and when he feel like that, so I'm happy of him.
1: Big thanks to Billy Hernan Gomez for joining Jim Eichenhofer. Uh, actually, for being graced uh, by the presence of Jim, <laughs> Jim Eichenhofer. You
2: know, just uh, you bless that man, and uh, I think his numbers are going to go up, honestly. Definitely. You know, Billy is the kind of guy that, like, and I'm sure it comes across in his interviews when you listen to him or, or watch him when he does post game stuff. He's just nice to everybody. He's just like a joy. They 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 kind of quote unquote voted him the happiest, most positive player on the team, and you could see that. He's just he's just so much fun to talk to, and it's just so easy to to speak to him. So it was cool getting a chance to catch up with him and um, talk about the the way that his buddy Jonas played in the game and how great he was. Um, also, I Strat-
1: would love to see them just riding around in a convertible. Just Jonas
2: not smiling, Billy having the time of his life. <laughs> yes. I would just love it. Maybe a good cop, bad cop sitcom or something <laughs> yes, with yes. those two guys.
1: Yeah, I think the cynics among us may see Billy sometimes and be like, "That's got to be a work. He's not really like that all the time." I assure you, he's like that all the time. He's right. just a happy dude, and he's a joy. And I'm I'm so glad he is on our basketball team. Not to be simple about it. But he's just a fun dude to root for, and I would hate to have to
2: root against him if it, he were on some other team. And speaking of happy dudes, the next uh, segment here, I talked to Trey Murphy, also about Jonas. Just tried to get a couple guys to to just comment and describe yeah. what they saw Trey's from, always from the game that Valanciunas had. And also at the end, I asked him about um, – he wore Teresa Weatherspoon, assistant coach for the Pelicans. He wore her her WNBA jersey when she played for the New York Liberty uh, Trey kind of explains the story behind what what made him do that and why he did that, and then I talked to Teaspoon as well about just her reaction to seeing Trey walk into the arena, or or see him in the in the building with that jersey, and she was pretty emotional about how cool it was, and yeah. um, it just it just reminded me too of you know one thing that David Griffin talked about a couple years ago when he came in was he wanted to get players that. Where character is a big deal, and you know a lot of GMs say that, and then you watch you watch what they do, and the, and you say, well, it really wasn't that much a priority because of some yeah. of the players that are the on guy a certain with six s- charges squad are drafted, right, okay. right. But I think in his case, I mean, he's so followed through on that, and I think the fan base can totally see guy after guy after guy on the roster, how many of them are easy to root for, and with Trey specifically. Um, I've noticed he's very he puts a lot of thought into some of the stuff that he does. A I really like the smart f- guy, and I like the fact that he kind of recognizes everybody with the juvenile shirt that he wore. I was just dying laughing the first time I saw a photo of him walking into the arena last season <laughs> when he was a rookie in that shirt. He just has a really good sense of humor.
1: I also appreciate that he brought up a worldwide wob. Uh, tweet, by the way, which uh, which I saw the other day where he said, every every time you see an impressive stat, there's always in small font at the bottom, uh, by the way, Wilt did this 17 times blindfold. Right. And uh, Trey brought that up, which was hilarious. I'm
2: glad you mentioned that because uh, uh, that was... You know, he's just so quick too with thinking of stuff like that. It was a that was a really good call. Um, he <laughs> yeah. he kind of quickly realized like, well, the part about Jonas making threes wasn't something that Wilt Chamberlain was capable of because <laughs> yeah. there was no NBA his three habit. there was no three point line until the <laughs> late seventies. Um So, I mean, if I don't know if Wilt would have been jacking up threes back then, it wasn't really his game. But yeah, but who knows? But that was a good that was a good point by him. That it, <laughs> it is funny that um every time, almost every time, there's a stat yeah, first Wilt player. It's 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 never first player ever. It's first player since Wilt Chamberlain. So <laughs> yes, that was something that that Trey uh Trey joked about, but he uh like I said, he he's he's really good about, you know, kind of thinking of other people and I, I thought that was a, a nice tribute to to teaspoon. Yeah. Um another element I mean that David Griffin has done here that I think is interesting and kind of cool to point out is you know, he's brought in he when he went to get players or former players with from women's basketball that have that background. He didn't get, you know, people that are kind of like have a semi-decent resume and maybe they're like somebody's friend's niece. He got – he went swinging for the fences and yeah. got Swin Cash and Teresa Weatherspoon who are like two of the greatest players in the history of the WNBA. Yeah, and Hall again, of it's – for
1: those cynics who are just like, oh, he just got some lady. He didn't just get some lady. Right. He got – And a hall of famer, like Mm, two of them. Yeah. Two of them. Like Teaspoon is so beloved in that locker room. I mean, it's, it's so genuine how, how both ways that, that, how deep that love goes. It's such a great bond to see and, and, uh, such a great thing to, to watch Trey Murphy do that and see Teaspoon get emotional about it. And, uh, let's just get to it. This is Jim's interview, uh, with Trey Murphy regarding, uh, wearing Teaspoon's jersey. And then, uh, with Teresa Weatherspoon. Right after,
2: he actually became the first player in NBA history to have 37 points, seven made three pointers, and 18 rebounds in the same game. I mean, what, what's your reaction to just being able to do that? The there's, no will, there's
6: no Wilt. There's no Wilt stat with that. There's normally like a, a Wilt did this like seven times. Obviously, they right. had threes then, but um, no, nah, that's know. really special. It reminded me a lot of the Clippers game last year. Um, when he was hitting all those threes, and I was, we were just going crazy. Like he just had a super hot hand, and um, you know, really glad, really happy for him. You know, he doesn't shoot a lot of threes sometimes, and he's open, so I'm
2: glad he took him today and made them. I mean, is he one of those guys where I mean, like you said, you see him make two or three, and you know that there's a decent chance that he's gonna get. Get up to, you know, five or six and just get no, on the could, it. Especially when he pops because, you know,
6: they give him a lot
2: of time out there because
6: a lot of teams, they try playing a the drop. They, you know, encourage, you know, bigs to shoot the ball. And, you know, he's been shooting
2: the ball really well. So, got to shoot it. How, how unique is it from, in, from what you've seen in, in basketball just to have a guy that can almost get 20 rebounds in a game but also be able to make threes just to have that, the varied skill set that he has?
6: Yeah, no, it's it's very impressive. And, you know, Rebound. I mean, shooting threes isn't even his best thing that he does. He's a bruiser down low as well, so you know, makes him a very,
2: very versatile uh, big as well. Last topic off, que- uh, or uh, last question off topic. Um, what, what was the story behind uh, the the? How did you decide to wear this jersey tonight of of Teaspoon, the assistant coach?
6: Um, my dad found it for me. I don't know where he got it from, but he found it for me, and gave it to me today, and I had no other choice but to wear it today because. You know, I didn't, I wanted to make sure she seen it, so
2: she was pretty happy. I would say. So what, what was your What was your reaction when you saw?
7: Emotional. Yeah. Emotional. I, I have a unique relationship with Trey. Wonderful young man, and um, for him to have that jersey on, that jersey means so much to me. and um, The blood, sweat, and tears that that was shed in that thing, uh, for him to wear it. And, It's it's super special for me. It means more to me than anybody can ever imagine. um, For someone to love you enough to represent you in that way, sure, it means a lot.
2: Did you know he was going to do this, or did it just catch up? When did you first see it?
7: I had no idea. Um, I go into the locker room and he pulls out the jerseys and shows it to me, and I was just—I had to go to my locker room Mm. because it—he's special to me. He's he's super special to me. For him to show me that kind of love and respect, it. um, it means something.
2: You, you mentioned, I mean, he's one of those guys that just everybody loves yeah. everybody likes the kind of I mean, what does it say about just the kind of person he is, just the yeah. thoughtful he is yeah. to think of that. And,
7: and that's, a, like, that's the correct word. He, he's thoughtful. He's kind. He con- he's considerate. Uh, but the one thing about Trey is he knows what I've done in the game. He knows what I, I accomplished in the game. And he wears that knowing what I've done. Not wearing it just to wear it. He wears it because he knows what I've done. And that I truly appreciate. I don't. I don't talk about anything that I, I've ever done. It's not who I am. Um, but he's wearing that jersey to show that he understands what I've done.
1: That was cool. Uh, again, meeting all those guys for the first time this season. It was uh, just so evident how much they're genuinely friends and. What really nice guys are there? Aren't cameras in there when they're talking mm-hmm. to a lot of us? You know, we, right. we talk to them behind the scenes when they could be uh,
2: jerks. They're not. <laughs> they're 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 really nice guys, and they're they're just so easy to root for. And um, this is something that I'm hoping to do throughout the season, here and there, to get some sound like this, some kind of unique stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else. I mean, everyone sees all the stuff that's at the podium that's mm-hmm. recorded, but hopefully, I'll be able to do that. It's after. a gym exclusive. Yeah. a gym interview. <laughs> well, I don't I'm, know. If, I don't know if that's gonna gonna catch on, but yeah, but, I know, tried who knows? it. You know, well, I tried it. Was, it was it, worth it, an attempt. Yeah, sometimes
1: stuff bombs, but you know, I'm gonna <laughs> see if uh, I'm gonna see if gym interview will we'll catch but, on. It is a little bit of a tongue twister.
2: But I will say, you know, as a as a reporter interviewer, you're always worried after a loss that you know the guys aren't going to be able to give you that much great stuff. But there's such they're such. Yeah. They're such um, helpful people that you can tell, like even after losing that game, they had a lot of good things to say. So it's definitely less of a concern here than it would be in some places where... Maybe after a loss, they look at you like, "Who, who are? Why are you here? Leave me alone." Hey,
1: do you think uh, if Demarcus Cousins were still in this team, that would have been
2: a lot of fun talking to him after a loss? Um, I don't know because I definitely would not have approached. <laughs> yeah. So, I so think yeah, that would have been the wisest. So that would have been an unanswered question forever.
1: <laughs> yes, that would have been an undone gym interview. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, All Star voting is uh, off and running, so you can go ahead. and and start voting for your Pelicans for the all-star game. So go ahead and get that done. Jim, you were saying you actually have to have an account now, so it's not as easy as it used to be. Do a little homework, but get your all-star votes in. And there are three for one days. Check those out where your votes do count for triple. As you may know, and as we may have mentioned, I don't remember, uh, it is Wednesday. It is the witness day in the week, and that means it is Western Conference Wednesday according to Mr. Jim Eichenhofer, uh and uh, you know I have no reason to not believe him a lot of games that have been uh, bummers you know we lost two to the to the Jazz Ugh. we lost one to the Suns you know okay fine we lost one to the Bucks no shame in that best team uh, in the league right yes, now yes i don't yep. feel like any of our losses uh you know the Jazz games just stung but I don't feel like any of those losses or anything to hang your head at. Those are good basketball teams. Mm-hmm. And now you're kind of facing some teams where I think uh, I think now with the Pelicans maybe starting to click a little bit in some areas where they had gone cold, they can kind of make some room
2: in the standings and, and kind of make up some ground. Yeah, hopefully this is a chance to get back in the win column and get some momentum back in the other direction. Uh, they have the Spurs on Thursday. I mean, that's been a very good matchup for the Pelicans so far. The two, yeah. two games they, they played them and. San Antonio, they won pretty convincingly. Um, Friday's game is at Oklahoma City. They've been pretty pesky here and there against a lot of different teams. So so that's the two games that they have coming up. I mean, I, I referenced this earlier. I mean, going into Wednesday night, the Pelicans are only one game behind Denver and Memphis, which are both 19 and 11. Um, if the Pelicans can win both of these games, there's a chance that they could by, you know Christmas being first place or second place yep. in the West depending on what happens um there's a couple games speaking of Western Conference Wednesday there's some really interesting matchups here coming up Memphis actually plays Phoenix on Friday. Phoenix is in fourth place right now. I'm, this is, I don't want to get too detailed into places because by the time
1: yeah, Wednesday can, night and it Thursday, change. it'll change.
2: <laughs> and, and I mean, that's part of it too is, like, the standings are so close that you lose a game or win a game and you can move up or down a couple yeah, spots. The West is real so, bunched up right now. Yeah, it really is. But in terms of Wednesday night and the games that I'm looking forward to, um, Dallas-Minnesota at 7 o'clock is an interesting one. They just played each other on Monday, and I think part of – what I, I think is compelling about those two teams is that they both entered the season, I think, thinking they're going to be better than the Pelicans, just for example. They're going to be top six in the West, and they've yeah. both been pretty disappointing. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's some urgency when those two teams play each other because they're starting to get to that point. And again, it's still only December, but I mean, you're, you're – I feel it's, like around Christmas time is when you kind of start strapping up. And yeah, there's um, no guarantee for some of these teams that they're going to even make the play-in tournament because yeah. there's 12 or 13 legitimate teams that think that they have a chance to get in, and there's obviously only going to be 10 that make it. So that's one game I'm looking forward to. And the other game is the Lakers are playing at Sacramento at 9 o'clock. Um, the Lakers have been going back and forth between – they were hot for a while. They don't have Anthony Davis now for a while. They've, they've lost a couple games. Yeah. Um, Sacramento has been one of the most surprising teams in the, in the, the, the league in the Western conference. So that's another one I will be keeping my eye on. Um, Lakers are in the same boat or similar boat to Dallas and Minnesota, where they really need to get as many wins as they possibly can get or else the yeah. even just making the play in tournament thing is gonna start to be a little bit of a difficult proposition. It would just be a real shame. Uh you know Heart-breaking. If, they're, if they're having to, you know, still trot out like Winyan Gabriel in the
1: starting lineup, they they're gonna have a tough time, I think, uh against the the surprising Kings. It's nice to see another one of those uh under recognized small market teams that have just been kicked around. Uh, because we know how that feels, sure. a- having a good run of things. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know,
2: go go, go Kings, especially and, in that. One. And you know what? It's more of a destination now because they have the beam that lights up after they win games. Yeah. So I think everyone from New Orleans, even if you're you're not going to be able to, we're not going to be. Uh, in sacramento obviously tonight but we'll be tuning in to make sure yes when and hope that that beam gets lighted we we will be as big almost as big a king's fans as the king's fans themselves basically yeah there might be more of us in new orleans tonight (laughs) than there will be in sacramento
1: uh so go kings only for tonight uh because we need you to beat those lakers but you know lose some games uh we need the west to get less stacked again Take heart. It, 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 the sky is not falling. I click on and off of Twitter because some of you people are just silly. Uh, <coughs> some of the trade machines you're proposing, it's just you're spoiled already. It's still a good team. When Jonas is your fifth offensive option and he can sometimes drop 37 points, I think you're doing fine. Uh, but
2: that's just, again, I'm just me and I'm just yelling you know, at no one. Right you know, now. Joe, can I can I take a second and I'll and try to talk you down a little bit here and say, please, for one, one thing I've effectively really not kind of blocked, not blocked, not technically blocked people, but I've blocked out a lot of that discussion. I haven't really noticed it that much. And I think what is there is a big part of it is because the Pelicans started so well that people are so invested in it. So I'm going to look at the, my cup half full and say, I understand where you're coming from on that, but I think there's actually some positive reasons behind that. Um, I understand I'm, I'm totally against all trade ideas right now, but, um, it's OK. You yeah, know? Uh,
1: look, unreasonable expectations are just a consequence of fandom. And we're happy your fans and go Pels. We hope they keep winning uh, so you can shut your trade machines down. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's just been it's just been funny. I just I just hope people can can have some perspective. The Bucks are fantastic that we were, see, people were talking about how the Celtics were just this unstoppable juggernaut. Well, in case you haven't checked, the Bucks sit atop the Celtics right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Suns had again just something a little extra for us playing on their home court after we beat them twice in uh in just you know scrappy fashion and the jazz have been beating a lot of people and tomorrow you may look to see your pels not skyrocket but I'd say creep upward
2: inch upward there
1: sure we go.
2: Uh, you're the writer I just I just say the words they hey they inched from fourth to third on Tuesday night so yeah let's keep going in that direction there we go. We are the Pelicans Podcast presented by SeatGeek every Monday, Wednesday,
1: Friday. Please tell your friends and pals to check us out. Give us a download. You can check us out on the website or on the Pelicans app. On Friday, we will have Nola.com's Christian Clark. Uh, he's always a fun guest to have here. And uh, he's gonna be the first guest we had this week. We just we just blew off guests this week. We just we just needed some us time, me and Jim after having some time apart last week. Don't blame us. We will see you again on Friday with Mr. Christian Clark. And until then, go Pelts! Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.
0: Call 1-800-GAMBLER.